there's been two things constant at Riverheads, and that's Coach Pasco, Coach Norcross, and Coach Hemp, Coach Wasick, and winning. That's the, the that staff and the winning have been constant. The players have all changed, and that stayed constant. And it's because he's been the captain of the ship, and he's known how to steer it correctly. Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Another week, another Yak Sports Podcast. It's your Augusta County Sports. I am Leela McRae. Joe Deck is with me like normal. We have a big interview coming up with Coach Robert Casto, who is once again the head coach of the Riverheads Gladiators. We are happy to have him on as an interview. And uh, Joe, you know, the official news broke today. Your initial thoughts on him coming back. Uh, before we get to the interview with him. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about this last week, Leland, when Wheeler announced that he wasn't going to be coaching uh, Riverheads, that we said it would take someone that, like Casto or one of his assistants coming back to soften that blow. Well, it's Casto himself, so this really softens that blow. The players are familiar with that system. Um, I would imagine the assistants will come back now, and so the same system will be run. Um, But, you know... Uh, it's good for Riverheads in the short term, especially, but I think depending on if they, how they handle this and uh, what happens in the future uh, will, will be, you know, another time and another worry. But right now for Riverheads, it helps them and it puts them back on the map for definite state title contenders again. And stick with us because all that gets addressed in the interview with coach Casto and we will have it in our B block. But before we get to that, let's talk about other high school sports in the Augusta County area. And every week we seem to start with those high school boys, soccer, Lehigh. I got to see him play last week, and it was a trouncing of the Luray Bulldogs, a 12 nothing win. Uh, but they looked impressive. And I think between the game you saw that was a little bit tighter and this trouncing that I already referenced, you know, Lehigh looks primed to go on another state run. And it, it really just is obvious. It comes down... No disrespect to the rest of the Shenandoah, you know, the, the game against uh, Stonewall this week and then probably a Wilson, maybe a Page at the end of the week. But it just comes down to Lee versus George Mason, as we've all been talking about all season. Yeah, you put on here um, the last week for Lee, you know, to kind of work out some stuff. Uh, I Wilson, they could work out some stuff. I, I, Wilson's not going to beat them. This is two wins and then on to the regions where it's probably two more wins before they get to George Mason. In my mind, I, I watched Lee. I've yeah, only seen I, him the one game, but I've been seeing the scores come across. I just haven't seen any threats. Uh, and I think Ari Lee walks over the re, uh, district, walks through the first couple rounds of the region, and then the real test happens, and they play George Mason. Yeah, I think it's easy to be dismissive because they've already beat all these Shenandoah district teams before, and it's also hard to look at the Bull Run district and anybody that's going to come out of 2B and and face Lee early in those playoffs and think too much of them. Maybe there's a surprise. I don't see it happening. Um, would be an absolute shocker if they're even in a ball game before George. You know, anything closer than three or four nothing. You know, it, it'd be a shocker. Jumping over to the girls, Stewart Straff girls. You know, they've done well, a uh, 10 nothing win over Buffalo Gap, so they keep rolling. That's the other team, we, other soccer team, we really look at having an opportunity to win a state championship. They play LeRae this week, and then it looks like 
maybe another rematch with Wilson or Stonewall Jackson there. And uh, draft has not really been tested that tough throughout the season. Uh, not quite the goal differential that the Lehman boys have done, but uh, they're a very impressive team. And again, we're talking about George Mason uh, on the horizon for another local team going out of 2B. Yeah, Stewart's draft girls have been uh, giving up some goals recently, but they've still been winning, and that's the most important thing. Uh, you just got to find a way to win. So far, that's not been a problem, but as you said, um, I think once they get to George Mason, it's another test. George Mason is just a soccer factory. Um, all they do is win soccer championships in boys and girls. Uh, I believe they have some kind of unreal streak going at the state title level. Um, so, you know, Ari Lee's boys and Stewart's draft girls both have their work cut out for them. I think the good news for Stewart's draft girls are they have some seniors, but they also have some key young freshmen and sophomores that are getting a lot of playing time and that will help them in the future. Um, that being said, I, I think, you know, Stewart's drafts hopes for state championship games are very realistic. Again, uh, getting to the top two of the region, getting that region championship game assures you a place in the state tournament and then once you're in the state tournament anything can happen we saw last year with lee's boys they won the region championship got to the state championship played the same team they beat in the region championship semifinal or semifinal yeah, excuse me semifinal. Yep. got to the state semifinal uh last year played the same team they beat in the region championship and couldn't beat them that time so yeah it, it's not out of the realm of possibility even if you get to that region championship and lose you know put it back together get your head back on right and you can go on, on a run i think both Lee boys and Seward's draft girls, they're going to play George Mason in those region championships. You can go ahead and pencil those in, in my opinion. Uh, and I think it's just a question of how those games turn out. I, w I will commend, you know, we swim past it every week talking about the two leaders there, but Hey, Wilson, solid soccer program on both sides. They're yes. the number two team at, coming out of the district and they've earned that. And they've, they've pulled away from the rest of the pack and both boys and girls. They're clearly the number two. It's just the problem. Up, they're looking up at some really, you know, all-time teams in both the girls and the boys. Let's jump over to baseball where uh, Riverheads looks in prime position to win the Shenandoah District. After Page County, they lose again. They lost to Riverheads in the season finale. They lost to the number eight seed, Luray. Uh, it was like a two-hit shutout pitched by the Luray pitcher. And uh, Page, you know, limited Luray to one run. They just couldn't get one on the board themselves. So they go out of the Shenandoah District Tournament early. They'll be back for the Region 2B Tournament. I, I believe still has the one seed, as what I heard reported. So interesting there. But Page got to get it together. And that's two straight losses. Kind of an absolute shocker there. But Riverhead's looking like they could – they're sitting in the driver's seat of the Shenandoah District. They'll get to host until they're beaten. And uh, they get to host the rest of the Shenandoah District. We know they're going into Region 1B as the one seed with a bye. And then they'll face the winner of Central Lunenburg and Stonewall Jackson. That's not till next Thursday. So wrap up the Shenandoah. Maybe get another banner on the wall and then uh, go into regions uh, on fire. They've won a bunch straight, and uh, they're really looking primed to go back to another state championship game, if not win the whole thing. Yeah. Um, Riverheads baseball, I think, is – well, I'll go ahead and say it. I think they're going to win the state championship. I, I just don't see anyone in Class 1 beating them this year. They, they're they just tearing up this Class 2, which has some good teams – I, I will say this. Really getting good when the time is right is right. really what's important there. They're looking their best now, and they're just peaking at the right time. Right. And I will say this, too. Um, a team that is not looking good right now is Paige. I am worried about Paige uh, going into this region tournament. Uh, you lose to Riverheads, a good team. 
It happens. You will lose to good teams. It breaks a very long winning streak. But then to lose to LeRae, and this is no disrespect to LeRae, but Page County cannot be losing to LeRae. I know it's a rival. They were the bottom seed. Yeah, I know it's kind of a rivalry there, but they're the bottom seed in the Shenandoah District. You need to beat them. One nothing is not good. Uh, Stewart Straff, they're going to advance to play LeRae now. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Gap beating Wilson, uh, that that makes me worry for Wilson a little bit too. I, I don't, mm, I, I just don't I'm know. I'm not sure they, I, I actually, and this is, Forgive me for not knowing. I don't. I don't know if they make it to the regions. I, I don't. I don't know how that that yeah, works. I, I don't know how many uh, teams go. If it's Riverhead just the two gets districts, out of the way, so yeah. If it's, it's just weird. the two districts, they might get in. But still, yeah, it's not a good sign for Wilson. Good for Gap getting the win. I mean, they they went out there and earned it, and it, it was a seven three victory. So uh, good play in there. Um, but yeah, Riverhead's definitely our top team for baseball in the area. But uh, other teams showed up and played, which is very helpful. And uh, we'll see how regions get. We'll talk more about regions next week as for the 2A and 1A teams, uh, that starts next week. I know Class 3 gets going. They've already finished the Valley District, but um, we didn't fare well here locally as well there. But uh, a lot of good stuff coming out of uh, 2B and 1B. Here we go. Uh, high school softball, Riverheads, they had a small upset over Wilson. They advanced to play Page County, East Rock. We'll play Buffalo Gap. Gaps looks like a, one of our more solid teams from the area, but Paige really good in softball there. But we'll be rooting for all our teams there on the diamond. It's been interesting that both Wilson diamond teams got upset in the first round there. Um, one a bigger upset than the other, but just an interesting little tidbit out of there. Jumping over to tennis. That's where Wilson finally gets on top, you know, where they're playing second and third. And a lot of these sports we've talked about the Wilson boys tennis program doing very well, dominated the Shenandoah district dominated uh, in the Region 2B semi, and they will advance and play George Mason in the Region Championship this week. So the Wilson boys, a team we've talked about all season as being a potential state contender, they're going to get to a Region Championship this week, and I believe they do have to go to George Mason. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll just see how that goes. Again, I think Wilson... We'll see what happens. I, th- You know, I, I hope they do win the tennis championship. Um, Definitely. But- uh, yeah, George Mason really knows how to do well in these spring sports, uh, soccer, <laughs> they do. They soccer, do. tennis, uh, they are really a dominant program there. And, uh, I know Wilson's having a lot of success in terms of, like you said, second and third. So very high quality programs, just not necessarily winning them yep. all, but tennis, tennis is Wilson's sport this year. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And, uh, we'll be wishing them the best. The 1A gets going in tennis as well. That's the uh, Riverheads girls, and uh, they're still alive. They're playing for some region stuff. Uh, they'll be playing at the end of the week, and uh, state tournaments are coming up, so we'll get back to that next week. Let's jump up to college softball, where the big story is JMU wins. Took an extra day because of the rain, but they beat Michigan two games in a row on Monday afternoon, and they get to advance and go out and play the number two seed, UCLA. But big victory for the Dukes. Got a field for them. We cheer for the Dukes uh, in pretty much everything, especially softball. So really excited to see them advance. Yeah, I actually got to watch the game Saturday. I didn't Obviously, I couldn't watch Monday. Um, but uh, the game Saturday was a really good game. It was frustrating, um, because I was, there were points where I was wondering if the game was ever going to end. Uh, it was zero, zero yeah. forever. Megan good pitched over 150 pitches. I think close to 170 pitches. Um, if she didn't 
past that. Um, but she pitched all day today too. Yeah, that I can't believe. Um, it's how they do it in softball, and I've seen a I know. lot of teams do that. I know and it's not just JMU. Alexander it's, Odyssey's good, and yeah. she's a good second option. But they they just stick, I believe she won and the, it's not just JMU. All the teams take their ace and they just ride them. Yeah, and I believe uh, Odyssey won the other game on Saturday because yeah. you're not going to pitch Megan Good after she just threw 170. But um, the two games today I did not get to see, so I don't know how. I know the winning one was two to one, another low scoring game. But JMU to me. Um, they're a team that the offense has disappeared here as they got into the regionals, which I think, you know, it gets everyone's, harder. Yeah. everyone's talking about, well, JMU ranks so high. You and I de- poo-poo the CAA plenty. I'm going to do it again. I think this is where <laughs> you see that, though. I think when JMU leaves the CAA, they play better teams. The runs obviously drop off. You're playing better teams. Um, you're facing aces every game. Yeah, you're going to face UCLA now. They're the number two seed, as you said. Um, I, look, it's not impossible for JMU to win but they've got their work cut out for them. Um, they're going to have to bring the bats. They're going to have to score more runs, and they're going to have to help Megan Good out. Megan Good has been phenomenal again this year. Uh, this weekend was no different, and she is the reason they're going to UCLA. Uh, I thought I would. I think they could have possibly won Saturday. There was an umpiring decision that was a real head-scratcher. Um, when, the girl, safe. when the girl beats the throw is halfway past the bag when the ball gets to first base and the umpire calls her out. And of course there's no review in because yeah. uh, obviously we just don't have the technology to go back and watch a replay a hundred times. Like they showed <laughs> us on TV, that would be impossible. So we can't fix that call. Uh, and that's the beauty of the NCAA softball there. Yeah. Well, she was safe that day, but Hey, it didn't cost us a trip about... to the super regional. So that's, what's most important. Yeah. They, they had to do it the hard way, but they did it. And, um, that's the, Everybody's complaining about the seeding. Hey, you went up there, you beat Michigan, you proved them wrong. You proved that maybe you're you're should have been valued a little bit higher. Don't play in but the now CAA. You're playing, now you're playing number two UCLA. You're you're going to be traveling out there no matter what you did. You weren't going to be hosting a super regional. You weren't going to be a top eight seed. So now it's time to, you know, shock the world. And it's a little different underdog story. It's not you know, you were disvalued. Now it's, you're the underdog, but I, they have a, they have an ace pitcher that can keep UCLA contained. They're going to have to get Kate Gordon. They're going to have to have road cap. They're going to have to have Odyssey Alexander. They're going to have to hit. That's the thing. And you know, Gordon hit a home run today in that three, nothing win. That's a girl from page County. I love the local talent. You hear me every week. We talk about JMU or any of the colleges that have local talent performing. I love it. I'm a sucker for it. So I'm glad that more than just Megan good, um, you know, there is road cap. There is Kate Gordon that are local kids performing well on that team, but they're going to have to do it with the bats. Megan good hadn't homered since a month ago. And she hit a home run, uh, in the games, uh, in the two wins against Michigan. So in one of those two games, so they're going to need more of that offensive power. They're going to have to find a way to get three runs every game they play against UCLA because you're, you're probably not shutting out UCLA, but if you can keep them down to one run and you can find a couple runs yourself. You give yourself an opportunity. It's just easier said than done. It's a very good team. That's, you know, the blue blood of softball, that pac 10 pac 12, whatever they call it now, Arizona, UCLA, those kind of teams, those are the blue bloods. That's the Duke and UNC and Kentucky of college basketball. There it is. So you're going to have to go out there and you're really going to have to shock the world, but they have the ace to do it. They got to have the bats to go with it. And that's going to be the tough part. Yeah, I agree. Um, Virginia tech, they dropped 
yeah. both games against Kentucky that they played uh, uh, in the regional there in Lexington. Again, we talked about this. The reason they were going to Lexington was they choked in the ACC tournament. Now they don't get it done here in Lexington. Kentucky's it's a not good. a choke. It's not a choke, but it's not. It's not it, a choke in Lexington. No, season. I didn't say it was a choke in Lexington. Yeah. I said it was a choke in the ACC tournament, it which it absolutely was. Um, they lose to a good team in Kentucky. The whole reason they had to go to Kentucky is because of the ACC tournament. Um, you're right. It's it's a great season. What you put on these notes is exactly right. It was a great season, but you drop you drop in the postseason. Uh, uh, a game that you had no business losing to NC State, and then you have to play a good team in Kentucky, and you lose to them twice. Uh, it's yeah. it's hard to swallow at the end of the year, but still, Virginia Tech softball had a very good season. Yeah, and they're building, they ha- and they have some young park there, so they're they're a building program headed in the right direction. So this is not the last time we talk about them at the end of May, still playing softball. But you just would have liked to at least seen them knock Kentucky off a game, not just lose every game you play against them. You still made it to Sunday. You were the second best team in that little region group, but you know, also getting kind of blown out in that last game doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth, but you move on, you graduate some players, you move on a uh, good season. What could have been a great season now just looks like a good season. And uh, believe it or not, Longwood softball did not win the region. So as the four seed, they did, did they not. get a win? I didn't even look. They did not pull off that upset. Um, uh, you called the upset. You called the one win, and you you just failed us, man. Uh, I'm yeah. <laughs> it's upsetting, but you know the Lancers tried their best. That's all we can. I can ask. count on. Uh, I can count on one finger the amount of times I've cheered for Lawnwood and something. So I and this wasn't one of them. So wow, you're not even cheering for him in the tournament. I mean, come on, man. That's... I I haven't. I, I didn't even look up to see the score of what they did on Friday. Like I didn't even pay attention. I didn't. They even lost think about eight nothing. I didn't to even look Tennessee, and they, they lost eight nothing to Tennessee. And then North, what hurt them was North Carolina got upset. So then they had to play North Carolina, and they lost three to one. Yeah, I mean it's tough, and I and it's not like I'm revel in them losing. It's just I didn't even. I just it doesn't even cross my thought process. Yeah, you hate the other in-state teams. It's fine. <laughs> I don't hate all of them. We just don't like the same other ones. Yeah. Major League Baseball, we can kind of blow through this. Uh, teams have kind of been doing what they're doing. The Orioles aren't good. Nats are 500 team, maybe. Pittsburgh had another good week, but next week they'll be terrible. The general talk here, the Twins, who I kind of picked in the preseason to kind of be better than we expected, they're four and a half games up on Cleveland. They kind of stay in that spot. Houston, 9-1 and one in their last 10. That's been the trend of them lately. They look like the best team in baseball. And then Seattle, they continue to disappoint. They had a hot start. We thought they might be a decent team this year. They've really dropped off. Yeah, Seattle's not good. Seattle's going to be last place in that division. Uh, the question then becomes what what happens with the rest of the American League. Uh, twins are still up on Cleveland. I think Cleveland still has an outside chance at that wild card. It's between them and Boston. Um, and Boston put themselves in this wild card race with Cleveland, in my opinion, because of their terrible start. Now, they've righted the ship a little bit. They're back up there. Oh yeah, they're 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 playing ball now. Right. They they battled Houston this weekend. Houston got two of the three, but they battled. I mean, it wasn't big blowouts by Houston by any means. And and the question is, when, how many injuries can the Yankees sustain before they finally start to see a dip in their performance? Uh, we may find out. Uh, we don't know, but doesn't doesn't bother me any. <laughs> I, yeah, I, well, I hope we see the dip soon because they keep winning, which is upsetting. Yeah. Um, they are playing the Orioles right now. I know they were behind at one point tonight, but I don't know what it is now. Eh, it's the Orioles moving over to the NBA. We, we kind of predicted both series would be um, controlled by this point while we had this podcast this week. 
you know, the Raptors kind of made a little bit of a showing and, and they got that game three win to make it a two, one series, but it still seems like the bucks are the better team. Yeah. Yeah. They're rated better. They have more talent on the court watching a little bit of two of those games. They do just appear to be the better team. I would be surprised if the Raptors, if they win one more game, okay, but not two. They're not making this a, a seven-game series. No, I watched game two of this series, and I could not have been less impressed with the Toronto Raptors. Um, they look like a team that didn't even belong in the same gym. Milwaukee totally uh, just trucked them out of that game immediately uh, from the first quarter. You knew Toronto has no chance in this game. Um, and, and Milwaukee beat them like they're a one seed. And Milwaukee is the only team that maybe could beat the Warriors, but I don't think they can. Um, and I don't even think Golden State needs Kevin Durant to beat Milwaukee. I, I, I don't. This team moves the ball better, seems to play better as a team without Kevin Durant. Um, I'm sure he'll be back for the NBA Finals, and they'll win it with or without him. But I'm just saying, I don't think they need him to win the NBA Finals. Yeah, I'm disappointed the Blazers aren't showing a little better, but it's not surprising. And, uh, yeah, they they play a little more cohesive without Durant. I agree. But, I mean, you're better with Durant. But I think he's gone out of there, and I think that team will still Good. be a favorite next year, even when Durant yeah. bolts. Cool. He can go play for the Knicks and stink there. Cool. Oh, we didn't even talk about the uh, NBA lottery last week. Uh, I guess it happened after we were uh, had our podcast, but – yeah, the big upset with the pot, with the uh, lottery last week. Um, everybody thought New York was going to get the pick. There was going to be the frozen envelope equivalent, frozen ping pong ball or whatever. Uh, doesn't go to the Knicks. The first pick does not go to the Knicks. Um, they had Pelicans got the number one pick, kind of the upset there. Two small markets of Memphis and Pelicans is what it came down to. Uh, not exactly what the NBA wants to send one of their biggest stars coming out of uh, coming into the draft. Uh, since LeBron James and Zion uh, Williamson. And uh, it looks like one of those top two teams, probably probably the Pelicans, are going to get him. Well, you mean probably. It's going to be the Pelicans. I mean, it has to, it has to be, unless they get stupid and trade it away. Uh, They're yeah, not trading it. Has to it. Be. It's going to be the Pelicans. The Pelicans are taking yeah, Zion. Zion's going to stay in the draft. That was the dumbest story I saw. That was definitely, by the way, ESPN lost a ton of credibility there when Brian Windhorst got on there and was like, well, maybe he goes back to college because, you know, maybe he doesn't want to play for New Orleans. I was like, I know this is ESPN's fantasy world where he goes back to Duke and that allows the Lakers or the New York Knicks to stink again and have another chance at him. But this is reality. And players want to play in the NBA. One, I don't think Zion was going to that many classes at Duke. So I don't think he's even eligible to go back to Duke, even if he wanted to. So he's stuck with the Pelicans. And, uh, and even me, if he wasn't, didn't want to go to the Pelicans, he'd power move. He, he would just say he'd pull Eli Manning or pull uh, a John Elway or, or, you know, just play the power move and say, I'm not going there. And y'all figure it out. He's not going to go back to college. Like that, that's, you know what I would tell him crazy. if I was the New Orleans Pelicans, then cool. Hey, how about this Zion? How about you go play in Europe for a year then? Because guess who has the number one pick? It's the New Orleans Pelicans. And guess who we're taking? Zion Williamson. (laughs) They already did it to Anthony Davis. Just keep doing it. You're the New Orleans Pelicans. Don't let people disrespect you. ESPN has disrespected the New Orleans Pelicans since the start of the Anthony Davis is going to the Lakers. We've never been more sure of anything in our entire lives. And then it didn't happen. And they looked dumb because the New Orleans Pelicans played them for the fiddles they are. 
ESPN is just full of And then they fired the general manager that played them. Yeah, they're just fans of the teams they like now. And because they have a major office in New York and another major office in L.A., of course, it's the Lakers and the Knicks that are the two teams they love to talk about. And, oh, wow, they both ended up in the top four. What a magical wonder that was. And then they they all got excited, and then I loved seeing the Lakers four, the Knicks three. I loved, I, I don't actually care about Memphis, but I loved them getting two just to watch the Knicks and the Lakers get zero talented players. It, I mean, RJ Barrett is, and, and yeah, he uh, looked really good when Zion wasn't on the Marquette. floor. He looked the kid out of Marquette's number two. Yeah. So he's going to Memphis. Barrett can go still to the Knicks. That's not. Like, yeah. He was like, really good when Zion wasn't on the floor. He looked really good. I would really want to build my franchise around that guy. He's better than the rest of the people in the draft behind Zion Williamson and, and Morant. Uh, what I will say about that draft lottery show, I actually watched it. It's a half an hour show, so it's it's not terribly painful to have it on the television. This year was terribly painful because Rachel Knuckles was unprofessional, I thought, with talking to Zion and the questions she asked and being dismissive that it was just unprofessional how it was handled. I, it was really cringeworthy. I talked to other people about it. They said the same thing. And even like as the picks were coming out, they're talking off the set to like, hey, Zion, what do you think of that? Like, it was crazy. I don't I don't even know why the players are there. Like, it's just, yeah, good it's question. a weird little event. It's weird. It It's so weird. And uh, it make, what used to be painless about it, and it was still awkward and still had its moments. And the the guy from the Cavaliers is there because he's won the pick every time he's come. And there's the guy with his little good luck charm. This having Zion sitting there and the way they interacted with him was just terrible. And uh, it probably turns me off from even turning that on again in the future. But it 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 happened. That's where we went. And uh, Zion's going to New Orleans, I guess. Again, it goes back to like ESPN is wondering, like, oh, why are people, you know, cutting the cord? Why are we losing subscribers? Why are we doing why are we losing viewers? Why is this? Uh, It's because it's not even sports anymore. It's like it's just Stephen A. Smith a yelling show. at the TV. It's just a sh- entertainment show, and I'm sorry. I just want to see sports. I don't need to see Zion Williamson there at the draft lottery, seeing where he's going to go. He can stay at home and watch it just like me. That's yeah. fine. I don't need yeah. to see it. He can have a watch party if he wants. I don't care. I don't need to see it. I don't need Rachel. Ni- as wait- you said, I don't need Rachel Nichols interviewing him. I don't need this to be like a let's all talk to Zion the entire time and just totally like yuck it up as a bunch of fanboys. I don't need to see Stephen A. Smith's Twitter video of him in the dark of a car in the back of a dark car filming himself screaming. I think that's ridiculous. The fact that ESPN like celebrated that going viral. I was like, this is embarrassing for you. And it's, it's sad that you don't get it. I think all people really need is live sports and then their weekly dose, the exports podcast. I think that's, I think that's that's all people need. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) <laughs> uh there's there was other events this weekend golf tiger missed the cut so no one watched the rest of the weekend and that's because bricks kepka was up by 12 strokes or whatever it was he tried to give it back on sunday didn't uh so brooks kepka has won four of the last eight majors the list of the people that have done that is the most famous names in golf arnie jack tiger Tiger multiple times. So uh, that's just what's happened there with the golf. Uh, hockey happened. Bruins are winning the East. NASCAR, there was a fight. Horse racing. Let's get to something Joe cares about here. War of Will wins. And I believe you had that. I did. I loved it. Um, it was great to see him come alive on the inside rail. 
to take the win. I think he might have won the Kentucky Derby had he not been cut off. So it's interesting to play the what if game. But uh, he wins the Preakness Stakes. And what was an exciting race right out the gate? Bodie Express bucks his jockey because the starter <laughs> held on to the horse. horse immediately. The starter held on to the horse too long, uh, which caused the horse to spook, buck the jockey, and then ran the race plus a lap. Um, it got kind of dangerous <laughs> on the backstretch when the outrider was trying yeah. to corral him, but chased him into the pack of horses, which I was like, ooh, this is starting to get yeah. scary. Um, but. <sighs> Oh well. It, it makes me wonder why do why do we need these jockeys? Let's just open the gate and see what if happens. If he would have if the if Bodie <laughs> Express would have won without a jockey, it would have been hilarious. But Oh, um, he was my favorite. Uh, going into turn 1, I had picked a new favorite. I think I had what improbable whatever I told you on Twitter, improbable. improbable. Yeah. And then I dropped him immediately. I went with the the jockeyless horse and that's what I was yelling at him. I didn't know what his name was. I didn't know anything about him, but I was rooting Bodie for him. Bodie Express, yep. Has never won a race. Last. Still has never won a race. So Hey, didn't finish last. Didn't have anybody whipping the crap out of them. All right, let's get out of here. Let's get to the, the interview with the big news of the day. All right, we are here with, once again, head football coach of the Riverheads Gladiators, Coach Casto. And I guess there was some news today from up at the school today, Coach. Yeah, that's what you tell me. Um, <laughs> you know, it's been – it's – it's it's one of those things, you know. It's it, it's another opportunity for me, you know. I guess, I guess I've lasted longer in retirement than Brett Favre did. <laughs> so just to kind of say what's happening, uh, you retired back in January or stepped down back in January, and now I guess it's you're stepping up uh, here in May uh, to co- get ready for this season because Riverheads was once again looking for a coach. Um, what is the parameters of you coming back? Uh, you know, everybody's been talking about uh, three years or two years or what is it just going to be one year? Talk about your plans moving forward with this team. Well, the biggest thing is we're, we're in May, you know, and our, and our poor kids have done nothing wrong. You know, they've, they've done everything that we've asked of them. And, and you know, and, and I was set to retire. We were, you know, we were okay with the whole process of the way everything had worked and, and, you know, you kind of get your mind wrapped around certain things. And, and then for whatever the reasons were, and, and of course, it obviously it was nobody's fault. It just happened that now they need a football coach. And we're so so late in the game um, that, for me, the logical thing to do, and, you know, I had five months off. Hey, I'm rejuvenated. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> um, but my wife and I sat down. We talked about it, about everything that was going on. We realized we have three years. And, and you know, you never know what it'll be like when you're in the school um, and, and there's a different uh, mindset or a different coach there. So yeah, my goal is I've got three more years to teach, um, and why not just coach for the next three years? You know, it, it wasn't something that someone forced me to do or, or anything like that. It was, in, you know, and it's not a, a charity thing either. You know, I want to do it. Uh, I'm excited to be back coaching again. I, my mind was I, I was ready to go. You know, I, I had it. But um, and then at the same time, you know, you wrap your head around this and you say, well, why not? You know, it's, you know, I think I'm qualified to still be able to be on the sideline and, and I really haven't forgotten anything since January, I think. Um, but it, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing for me. It's the right thing for my wife and, and for us and, and, and for the kids at Riverheads. And, and for me, and I said this when I've done interviews, you know, the, all of the, the trophies and, and all that stuff would never bring me back to coaching. It's the kids. And... 
you know, I, I have a relationship with those kids. Not one time during my retirement, five months, did any of those kids say, Coach, come back, come back. They respected me. They respected my decision. They were awesome about the whole process of how we were doing it, even though I saw them every single day. And now, you know, it's it's another one of those things that, you know, you again, it's it's the right thing, and, it, and it's what I need to do. We have all of our coaches back on, on board, and, and we kind of joke about it. You know, we got the band back together, and, you know, we're going to see where we go from here. But, again, it's – it's not something that I didn't go begging for the job or, you know, it just kind of was there and it was an opportunity that I felt like I needed to, you know, I needed to do that. And, and again, it, it, it is what it is. So they say, um, but, you know, and I told our kids today, you know, I want to be there through at least the freshman class so that they don't have to sit around wondering, is he going to retire again? You know, I'm all in. Now there may be some things that I'm going to do differently, as far as off-season stuff where I'm not going to put the time in. And and the big it, – it hasn't been my assistants or anybody else. It's just that I was so stubborn and bullheaded that I felt like I was – I needed to do everything as far as the off-season, run the weight room and just give them their breaks and, and give them a, some time away from the game. And in return, it kind of burned me out a little bit. So one of the one of the stipulations and one of the things about being able to come back was I want my summer. And, and you know, I'll be in the weight room – periodically to drop in but and that's something that the assistant coaches said yeah we'll take care of all the the off-season stuff and you know it'll obviously I'll be the one that runs it but I won't be there all the time and and uh and it's something that they're going to do and they would have done it before I just didn't ask it's not like um you know they didn't want to do it or couldn't do it I just and again I just have to ask for help and 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 they certainly will do those kind of things and for me that will give me a little bit more freedom to be able to to enjoy time away a little bit. You talked about when we spoke last about your uh, position as head coach is when you were stepping down and you talked about it was a selfish selfish decision that you were stepping down that it was making time for you. Um, how would you qualify this decision? Is it is it selfless? You know, are you coming back? You, you talked so much so far in this interview about what's best for the kids and what's best for the the players at the school. Uh, how do you view this decision, or is it selfish again? And you want to and you want to come back. We're in the kid business, and that's what we do. And I, you know, I need to do things for the kids too. Um, and again, I, I don't have any big, huge. You know, I want to come back so I can do this, this, and this. I've accomplished all those things, but I think this is the right thing. You know. I, when you sit back, and, and for me personally, I sat back and I thought about, well, I'm going to be at the school anyhow. And after this opportunity where the kids were just hurt, you know, they had no leader. They had no guidance as far as someone that was going to be their coach. And, and the people that they thought was going to be, they weren't. And, you know, I was the guy that was there, and they came and, and talked to me. Not one time did they ask me to come back and be their coach because the kids have respected everything that I've done as far as when I said I was walking away. But it was the right thing to do. Um, for me to come back and for me to take over. Um, and again, it's not like I was out there lobbying for this to happen. This just happened. And here we are in the end of May and our kids had nobody, no football coach. You know, they know what, what I'm about. They know what our coaches are about. And this is just the right thing for me to do. And, and it's not a selfish thing for me to to want to get more and it's not a selfless thing that I'm doing some charity work for our kids. It's just the right thing to do. And I'm in the education business. I'm going to be in the school anyhow, you know, and again, I'm going to be a little selfish with my time now. 
as far as the off season goes and some of that. But when the season gets rolling and all that stuff, I've got very qualified and, and quality assistant coaches who know exactly what to do. They know exactly what we do, how we do it. We've got them all back on board. Everybody's in the same situation. You know, Coach Wasik retired and he's moving away to North Carolina or South Carolina. And, and uh, but everybody else is back. And, you know, we're going to shuffle some positions around. We've gotten some young guys. And, and I think the biggest thing that, that I want to come out of the next three, four, or five years, whatever it is that I stay there, however long I am, um, that we put ourselves in a position so that the next time that we have a course of action so that we're not bringing somebody into Riverhead's football program who has no idea about what we're about and what our, you know, what our culture is about or anything else. And I'm not saying that that's what the other fellow coming in had anything. I'm, I'm not saying that he didn't. I'm just saying I hope that we can bring a young fellow along. And we have a couple coaches in our, on our staff that in, a, in three years they probably could be able to step in there and, and continue what we've done. And again, we're in a real unique situation at Riverhead. It's not the same as people think. They think all they do is, you know, they roll the ball out and all of a sudden we're very competitive. It's, it's a really, a, you know, it's, it's a really neat place, but you have to understand the kids too. Um, and, and I think we need a Riverhead's guy that's going to take over after we get going. And then, you know, I'll feel a little bit more comfortable again. You know as well as I do back in, in January when, when I stepped away, if it would have worked out for, you know, the other coach, you know, I would have been very supportive and, and been there for to do whatever they wanted me to do. It just didn't work out that way. And, again, whose fault is that? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's all immaterial. It's, it's all happened. And I feel bad for Coach Wheeler, and I certainly feel bad for the whole situation uh, that happened. Um, but, again, it, I don't believe it was anybody's fault. Uh, you you talked about some of the assistants. Everybody's back uh, other than Coach Wasik. Uh, so, just – kind of officially saying it, Coach Norcross, Coach Hemp, that was the recent news that we heard. We talked about it on our podcast. They were stepping away from the team, but they are signed up to start coaching again. Yeah, I, I, had, I had nothing to, to do with, the, with any of the process of the football coach after, you know, after I walked away. And, and we wanted it that way. You know, we, didn't, you know we, we wanted to feel like that was his. And, and whatever happened between those folks as far as you know, the news goes, you know that's water under the bridge. You know I don't I don't cross that bridge. I don't really care. Don't really know. I just know that when this opportunity happened and, and the news came down and our kids were devastated about what happened, that I was I knew and it was real. What my wife came downstairs. She teaches upstairs. I teach downstairs. She says she teaches. I just roll balls out and play play games. But that's a different story too. But she came down after the news broke and she said, "You're going back, aren't you?" And I said. <laughs> So we'll talk about it. Said, well, really, there's, there's not much to talk about because she saw the hurt in the kids' eyes too, that they were abandoned. I mean, they weren't. It's not again. It's not anybody's fault. It was just that was the perception of our kids. You know, where do we go from now? We don't need. And their response was, "We don't have a coach." Well, you know, I told Mr. Stevens, who's now our principal, I said, "Well, yes, they do. Yeah, we do. And, and we'll work through this, and we'll see what happens, and, and whatever the procedure is. If I need to wear a suit and and." Uh, interview for a job, for, you know, interview and, <laughs> and get my resume out or whatever it is, you know. Um, but You didn't have to put all the rings on your fingers to walk in there for an interview? Well, no. I, I, <laughs> I've, they're out of my sock drawer now. I've got them in a nice shadow box, but no. How did that process go down? You know, uh, you said no one begged you. You said you didn't go begging. Uh, how did the process go this last week or so with uh, now that you are being the head coach of Riverhead's Gladiators again? 
when they had it, uh, when it was inter- uh, they they brought the kids together and they said, look, you know, Coach can't, he's not going to be here. And, and they gave the, you know, the stuff and, and I was there and I had kids out of my class and, and uh, you know, we, I, I saw the, you know, the look in their face and right then I knew, you know, it's late in the game. These kids deserve more. It's not their fault. They haven't done anything wrong. I went directly to Mr. Stevens, who's now going to be our principal. And I said, I want the job if you want to have me, if, if you think I can do it and, and you know, whatever you need me to do. Um, and he said, well, I want you to think about it because, you know, we, we've been down this road. And I said, I certainly will. You know, I, I thought about the whole process when I stepped away from, from it. And I've thought about it now to come back. And it's still the right thing for me. It's the right thing for them. And it's the right thing for us. And that's... And that's still the bottom line of the whole thing. Um, I, I could have been, I could have been content or happy either way, but I'm glad that I have an opportunity to still be around the kids and still um, be able to do the things with the kids. You spoke about um, achievements, and uh, when we spoke in January, you talked, "Hey, what more can I do?" You know, you've won the last three state championships. You've won uh, six overall. You know. How do you measure success moving forward? And this is probably a question I would ask you if you had never stepped away. You know, you have you have kind of achieved it all. There's there's very the list is short of coaches in the state of Virginia that have done as much winning as you have. How do you measure success moving forward? And is it different now than it was last December? Well, success is real simple. You know, we put too much emphasis on winning. Winning takes care of itself. Um, the big thing was we had a meeting today and and. Our track kids were gone today. They left early, and we had a meeting after our track kids left. We had 43 kids in there signed up for football, varsity kids signed up for – and we've got about 10 more on JV. So, you know, there are about 50 kids that signed up for football today. That's success. You know, whether you win or lose, you know that the kids are excited to be there. They want to come out. They want to play. Winning is just a byproduct of everything, and people get too caught up on all this winning and all this out-of-season stuff, and I've got to keep up with the Joneses' approach to the whole thing. and. You know, winning is just a byproduct of what you do in the, in the off-season as far as preparation, lifting, and the mental aspect of it and doing things the right way and your kids enjoying doing what they're doing and having fun. Kids, if you don't have fun, I don't have any idea why people do the things that they do to our kids in the name of fun. You know, I don't see a lot of that stuff as fun. I don't see flipping tires and pulling sleds and screaming and hollering and jumping around in the off season and driving these kids and, and working them like dogs. I don't see where the fun is. And, 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 and in my approach to it, it's never been like that. And it's never going to be like that. And our kids, you know, is that what success is? I, I think it probably has a lot to do with it. And, and when the kids, uh, Stop having fun. That's when you start seeing 15 and 20 and 30, you know, 25 kids on football teams when they should have a lot more. That's the bottom line. Winning takes care of itself. Why sit, why sit around worrying about winning, whether we're going to win another championship or, or win no games or whatever. We're going to do the things the right way, and our kids are going to be respectful and do things. And then if winning, if, if we're going to win, we're going to win and because we've done the things that it takes to prepare. And, and, and again, I, I don't care how many we've won. Whether we win another one, I don't know. I know we've won a bunch. <laughs> But, you know, it's it's not something I've thought, sat around again and said, well, yeah, I could, we could get three more. And I, I, don't, I don't spend time worrying about that. We're going to do what's right for our kids, and we're going to do things. And, and again, I'm back in the saddle, and, and, and I'm ready to go. 
All right, so uh, then we'll leave it there for that. Uh, last time I had you on, we didn't. I, we usually ask our guests a fun question at the end. I'm going to do it this time. Uh, what was your favorite thing that you did uh, during your retirement from football? <laughs> well, five, for five months, you know, we, we went to, my wife and I have done a little bit of traveling um, and not huge stuff. I mean, uh, you know, we've been to the casino and, and we went up and watched our kids, former players, play spring games. And we went down to Southwest Virginia and watched things. And some of them may have been more sports related kind of things, but we have gotten away and we've gone some places. But, you know, I, I don't know that it was all of the things that we did for five months that was fun. It was the fact that I had no thought process of, of football. I had no thought process of of weightlifting. I had no thought process of who had to play where, where my what my depth chart was going to be, who I needed to move around. There was no thought process of it. We were just kind of free. We were just kind of, if we want to go somewhere, we will. We don't have any of that hanging on our head. And, and that was probably, it's, if there's a fun thing. And, and again, we were able to go some places and do some things. And um, But yeah, I, I don't know that there was a, a fun. It was all fun. You know, and even though people might, might think it's silly and all that, I've been doing this for over 30 years as far as, as coaching. Um, I never have had five months off like this. And, and, if you th- and, and I really believe that I have been rejuvenated, if that doesn't sound too stupid. I mean, I really, you know, I, I'm excited again. You know, you kind of, you've been away from it for a while. You thought you never would come back to it. And now you've got an opportunity. And now it's not, oh, hum, i got to get back in the grind. I'm excited to be getting, you know, to get back. And I feel, you know, I feel like a young coach again, even though I know that sounds stupid and it sounds silly because I haven't been really away from it. But just having time away. And that's why when I met with my assistant coaches, I want to feel that more. I don't want to have it over my head that I've got to run things and be everywhere and be all. And, you know, we're all going to do it now. Now all of us are going, you know, we're all in this thing now. And, and I think it'll give me time to go do what I want to do, what I've all, always talked about with that, and still be able to do, you know, the football stuff too. All right, Coach, we'll leave it at that. I'll uh, be bugging you come August again for more interviews for the radio side of things and maybe back on the podcast. But uh, happy to have you back, uh, and uh, we look forward to the football season coming up. Yeah, again, we certainly appreciate it, and I hope that the people understood the whole, you know, the whole process that happened here, and, and I am excited to be back. All right, well, thank you, Coach Robert Casto of the Riverheads Gladiators again, and we'll be back with more of the Yak Sports Podcast. All right, we're here in the D block where we talk about us. Uh, do want to say thanks again to Coach Castro coming on for that interview. Um, you know, we had him when he stepped down, and we had him when he steps back up. Um, any other big news out of him, I guess we'll have the interview for that as well. But we just wanted to say thanks again uh, for that. And uh, a lot of interesting stuff said there by Coach Castro, talking about the process, talking about what brought him back. Uh, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that. But let's talk about us, Joe, here in the D-Block. Uh, what is dominating my life? And we lost a really funny guy last week, Tim Conway. He was on the Carol Net Show is what he's probably most famous for, uh, at least for somebody my age. Um, and not that I was <laughs> always aware of the Carol Net Show growing up and being a young guy in the 80s, but seeing the rerun, seeing the clips on YouTube, the dude was hilarious. And you can really just watch any clip 
um, that's on YouTube of Tim Conway, and you'll get some good laughs. The one in particular that I always laugh at and was really flying around this week when uh, it was basically doing the Mama's Family skit before Mama's Family was a show on its own. And he was sitting there talking about the elephants and Siamese elephants and being stuck at the trunk. It's just a hilarious, hilarious skit. But you can't go wrong with any Tim Conway clips. Um, I remember being a young guy and watch and really just laughing at him because uh, he was physical humor and uh, a lot of his humor was family friendly. So it, it wasn't sailing over my head and uh, a really funny guy from from a from a past generation. But uh, we lost him and uh, the world is worse for it. Um, but I do recommend anything Tim Conway, anything Carol Burnett show uh, usually has some good quality humor. And we talk about Jim Gaffigan and other you know, family friendly guys now. This this is what they probably cite as inspiration for them and their comedy growing up and any of their skit comedy that they do. So uh, that's that was what was dominating my life. Thoughts about him and, and his uh, previous comedy. OK, I, I don't know who that is. I've never seen him. So you got to go on YouTube. Yep. It's worth it. It's worth your time. I'm not just just saying this. It's It's worth your time. You'll get some good laughs. And, you know, considering everything you talk about on this podcast is so negative and how you hate everything, maybe you should try a little laughter. I have laughter. I've had to watch laughter to make up for this 24 hours. Um, speaking of which, <laughs> what's dominating my life? Um, so it started with uh, me drying a pack of gum in the dryer uh, with my clothes. So that was fun uh, when I noticed that. I got that out today. So mission accomplished, uh, including using a Hercules hook to get it out of the back of the dryer, the little holes, because it wasn't, it was in the lint trap, but it wasn't coming out of the lint trap. So then you had to Hercules hook it out, uh, which was great. It was a lot of fun. Uh, if you've never done it, you haven't lived. Uh, but anyway, also, <laughs> uh, I should have just did it last Note night. Yourself, I do not want to live. Yeah. I, I should have just done it last <laughs> night instead of watching the game of Thrones finale, because that was horrible. Uh, the worst character that was, could have possibly been chosen was chosen to are rule. Spoiler, are we spoiler alerting here? No, because they don't know. Um, <laughs> the worst possible character that could have won the Iron Throne won the Iron Throne. So, hooray. Uh, it was only eight seasons of my life that I wasted. So, that felt good. And then uh, today I saw a black snake that was about five or six feet long at work today, which scared the crap out of me. And um, we got another employee to kill it after, of course, Tom and Jerrying the shop. Um, and by that I mean totally wrecking it. It looked like when you watch Tom and Jerry and they chase each other around the room and then it's a wreck and they're like, uh Oh, we have to put it back together before the parent gets here. Well, me and the other person in the office that are upstairs were like, uh Oh, we have to put this back together before the boss gets here. Well, the, we didn't, uh, the boss got there. He was very understanding. Thank goodness. Uh, but yeah, it was terrifying. And then I ran over another snake on the way home on route six. Uh, so snakes are everywhere. They're going to kill me in my sleep tonight. I'm sure of it. So yeah, I don't like snakes either, so I'm not going to even bust you on that. I, I'm not a huge fan of snakes. I try to just get them away from me when near it. Um, a funny story, before Riverheads High School built their new gym, uh, they had a big gravel parking lot on that side of the school. And that, when my dad and I would catch black snakes in our yard, that was the parking lot we let them out in. So any groundskeepers for Riverheads from the past 30 years, uh, if they've had a snake problem up there, it's probably our fault kill them that's what you do with them <laughs> black snakes aren't as bad yeah. they do good things they're just not for me tell that to the one we killed today all right so what 
do you know that I need to know? So that was the dark times. What I know that you need to know is there's also the best of times. Uh, Friday night, I watched game two of the Milwaukee Bucks and Toronto Raptors, but I did it while playing games with my neighbor friends uh, from downstairs. Uh, they're great people. They had some other friends over that are great people. We played. Are these like, the, is this the administration for Robert Morris College yeah. here? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, and we played Settlers of Catan, which is a very nerdy board game, but it's fun. Um, I had a good time. It was the first time I had ever played it. I had a good time. Uh, that was fun. I do know that they plan on uh, coming up for the Liverpool get together, so it'll be nice to have them there. And uh, I'm very excited about the Champions League final coming up next Saturday. Not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Oh, and my cousin's graduating That's high awesome. school this weekend. So congratulations to her and the rest of Pulaski County 2019. Yeah, a lot of good graduations. I went to a nice graduation party uh, this weekend and uh, watched GMU softball. I was there, so it was it was a great graduation party. That's how you do it. You show the sports that I want to see at your party. That's that's the way you do it. Oh, well, All right, you're uh, what Liverpool, I know. Then. Okay, go ahead. What I know that you need to know. Hey, Memorial Day is coming, and um, obviously, it's a great. It's the reason for the holiday is. A memorial for those that have served our country and fallen. And we also remember those that may that haven't fallen as well. So we really honor our military. Don't be one of those people, though, that try to tell people how to properly celebrate Memorial Day. Let people celebrate how they want. The reason we have the freedoms to celebrate Memorial Day the way we want is because those people have sacrificed. So just because someone doesn't wear a flag over their body, which is actually not patriotic at all, don't. Bust somebody up for that. Let somebody have a cookout. I, I see all the memes every year. Memorial Day is not about a cookout. It's about those who have served. That is very true. But the reason they served, what they fought for, was the right for us to have a cookout whenever we want to, whether that's Memorial Day or any other day. So just keep it to yourself. Celebrate the way you want. Don't tell other people how to celebrate everything, and we'll all be okay. We don't need to have you know, the war on cookouts on Memorial Day. Let people celebrate they want. Celebrate your own way. That's my best advice. It just gets on my nerves on social media every year when people try to guilt people into honoring the military correctly. People need to honor the military the way they feel fit, and you need to mind your own business. That's what I know that you need to know. Do you have any opinions on how I celebrate Memorial Day, Joe? I don't. I think you're right. <laughs> I <now>? think. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, no, but I think you're right. Um, it's a very somber holiday, but. Um, it is. we have the day off, uh, life is full of misery and sadness anyway. Just listen to you. Yeah. So if people want to celebrate <laughs> Memorial day and they have the day off and they want to spend it cooking out with friends and family, then let them celebrate yeah. it with friends and family cooking out. I mean, my gosh, is it really ruining your day seeing someone else have a good time? It's not anti-military to celebrate with a cookout. Like, and that's no. what people act like on Facebook. It's just crazy. Yeah, that's a great point, Leland. All right. That was a good episode. I, hopefully we have some additional listeners than usual. Stick with us. We talk about Augusta County sports every week, and that affects a lot of those teams around us. So if you're listening for the first time because you saw the headline of it, hey, come back. We're always here every week. We usually drop on Tuesday nights, and uh, we'll be here through the summer. We'll be here through the fall, and we'll be talking about the sports you care about. And uh, again, thank you for listening. As Leland said, make sure you follow us, Twitter, Facebook, 
Until next week, folks, we are glad that you listened. Again, thanks to Coach Casto for coming on and talking to us. And until next week, good night. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.